Welcome to the closed session, how to get paid in Silicon Valley, with your host, Tom Chavez and Vivek Vidya. Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of season three of the closed session. My name is Tom. And I'm Vivek Vidya. We are going to pick up in a way where we left off. In the last episode, we were talking about this craftsmanship, not critique approach that we have to collaborative company building. We've said it's all about people. So in this session, we want to get into the guts of what it makes to be a great co-founder. That's right. We are going to tell potential co-founders what we're looking for uh, and describe how our craft, not critique approach results in collaborative company building. So everybody in Silicon Valley is talking a lot about mentorship and coaching. It's a it's a buzzy, buzzy thing. Everybody has coaches, which is great. Uh, you know, coaching isn't the whole enchilada. That's right. You got to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so the approach that we have in mind over here is one where we lock arms with co-founders. And of course, there is learning by doing, but it's all about getting into the the dirt under your fingernails and, and connecting to the grist of company building. That's right. And it's also our commitment to continuous improvement. We don't claim to have figured everything out. We're also works in progress. So through this process, we're learning and we want to improve ourselves as well. By the way, we've said that along the way, like we need to learn too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. part of what we just need from the job is to show up at work every day, learn some new things, get, make your brain hurt. We do that in partnership with the co-founders that we're lucky to work with. Yep. In the olden times, uh, there was this idea of of an apprentice. Yeah. Right. And maybe these days people worry about the word. It feels, I don't know, it depositions the Correct. apprentice and we Correct. don't like caste systems, but it, the concept was a good one, right? Yeah. Because what it establishes the idea of tutelage and partnership between somebody who knows some stuff, wants to share it with somebody who wants to learn that stuff. Yeah. And the, the, the core idea over there, or the crux over there, which at least appealed to me, was this idea of partnership. Again, going back to what we just said about continuous improvement, apprenticeship, the way we see it, is a, is a partnership that we create between ourselves and the co-founders that we bring on board. That's right. So in a sense, we're kind of creating a guild, not a cult. Mm. It's a guild mm. committed to the craft of company building. It's all about people and co-founders are fundamental. So let's get into it. What are we looking for in the core disposition of, of a co-founder? You want to maybe give us a quick recap from the sort yeah, of key so things we talked about? There were four things, right? Um, there was grit, there was humility, organized thinking, and, and clock speed. Why these four things? Because we have good reasons for all four, right? Uh, grit, because company building from scratch is not for the meek of spirit, Tom. You know that, right? So we look for co-founders that can show up and get can literally take a punch. We've seen a lot of co-founders, right, who had what venture capitalists like to call the pedigree. Mm. That they have the training mm. and then the, and the education. They're show horses. They trot them out from mm. the stables. They look great, mm. right? And yet, when the first curveballs or the first kicks to the gut happen in company building, they bravely turn their tails and flee. Yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need grit. You need to be able to take a punch. You need to be able to stick with it. And then related to that is humility. Right, you startups are built on strong convictions and loosely held opinions, right? Okay. So you need to be humble about the fact that you don't know everything. It's another failure mode we've seen, mm. right? The reason we focus on these things is because we've seen the perils of what happens when you don't have these qualities. Correct. Co-founders who show up too cocky, too yep. convinced, yep. too certain. Yep. It's always a path to perdition. It is. We've talked about the knowledge to certainty, the certainty to knowledge ratio in the past, right? And we're looking we're looking for people who have really l- low not certainty to knowledge ratios, That's right? That's right. So organized thinking, what's that about? 
I think, look, there are a lot of people who have the technical chops, perhaps, to build products, right? But can they organize all of that complicated thinking into simple concepts That's right. that can be communicated across, up and down up and down the stack, left to right, to various stakeholders? That's what we mean by organized right. thinking. There are a lot of great technicians mm -hmm. who, are, who are virtuosic in certain swim lanes yeah. where they reside. Yeah. What we have in mind here with organized thinking is the ability to kind of come up a level, maybe go to the balcony and see the whole sweep, yeah. connect the, the, the pieces of the solution, because a lot of this is about systems of systems. In fact, yeah. When, yeah. when we're building our systems of systems. So you need somebody who can kind of taxonomize the elements of the total solution, think clearly about the whole thing, while still going deep when they need to. That's right. That's right. We, we talk about dot connecting, right? Dot connecting as a learnable skill. It's not perhaps not teachable, but it is learnable. And that's what we mean by organized thinking. Yeah. And the final one is clock speed. And here we're going to be careful, right? Because we don't, I think sometimes, I, I, it's a subject for a separate podcast, the way people dwell on matters of IQ and standardized mm. testing. And there's a lot of clever test takers out there. God bless them. So we're not going to get crazy about this stuff, but there is an element to this about clock speed, which is about just keeping up and yeah. learning fast. Yeah. And being able to process information and connect those dots you talked Correct. about Correct. at the speed of light. Yeah, I think I think that's that's really it, right? It, it's the ability to process information as quickly as possible to figure out what's going on and then figure out the implications of what in what the information just presented means. Right. right? That doesn't necessarily re require high test scores, as you're as you're pointing out, but you do need the ability to process things at a certain clip. That's right. So that, those are the breadcrumbs we talked about in a prior podcast, and that's the sort of table setting for what we want to talk about now when we get into the product co-founder. Let's dwell on this now. So the first hire we make mm. when we're standing up a new company is a product co-founder. Why do we do it that way, Vivek? So because, you know, the thesis, the company thesis for uh, formation thesis that we have at Superset is all about starting with the product, right? What are we going to build? What problems are we trying to solve? And more importantly, how how do we connect all of those problems and solutions into a broader product strategy? Because we want to create large, ambitious visions that we want to execute on. That's right. So look, we've been at this for a while, and I think it's safe to say 20, 25 years ago, product wasn't necessarily a thing. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the 90s, mm -hmm. when you were starting a company, right, it was somebody with an idea, mm -hmm. and then frequently venture capitalist would bring in a VP of engineering. Correct. To code it, quote, code it yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah. I suggest that sort of in the early 2000s, there was this tilt that suddenly happened where people realized, wait a minute, between the engineers who are coding the thing and the person with the idea or the vision who's, who's beating the drums and trying to get people to do it, there's this important middle ground that is really the realm of great product, right? Yep. Google, we've got to have a, a quick moment of appreciation for them. They launched this APM, Associate Product, Product Manager. Management yeah. function, and it became a discipline mm -hmm. right? that Google created. I think a lot of companies followed it. Certainly from my own vantage point, it's clear that there's this appreciation now for like how do you explain, see uh, the whole product, but in an analytic way. It's not a product marketing hand-wavy thing. Yeah. It's yeah. an engineering undertaking, yeah. but it's not necessarily encumbered by all of the technical details around Correct. how you're going to code it up. Correct. And we'll cover this in detail in another in another podcast, but what we're talking about here is some the, the something in the middle which is which is in between 
the product marketing narrative around around what the company does, et cetera, and the tickets, the Jira tickets that need to be filed to actually build the, the product, what sits in the middle? That's right. what well, we now, mean by product management. Now you're taking me to a thing, so let's let's pick that up because those Jira tickets and the catalog of, of all of the features and, and the things that are broken, it matters. Mm-hmm. And a good product leader needs to be willing to get into the, yes. into the nuts and bolts of that. The challenge that we see is that there are a lot of folks out there who carry them, who want to be product people. Mm-hmm. They carry themselves with that idea. They put it on their resume. And we've seen a lot of these folks yes, come in. Have. And they're just, they're, they're feature function loggers. Yep. Right? Yep. They catalog all of these things and they keep a list. What, what's problematic with just that? If left to... If that's the whole thing, what's the problem? There? You miss the forest for the trees, right? Uh-huh. And and so uh, we want our product leaders to be strategists and empaths, right? So you need you really need to to be empathetic towards the customers whom you're solving problem the prob for the whom you're solving these problems, right? right? And you need to be able to connect it all together in a cohesive product strategy. I think that's what these feature loggers oftentimes miss out is that, oh, yeah, these are these 10 things are need to be done. Why? Right. How do they connect to a broader story? What's the, what's the overall broader strategic narrative that we're taking to market? They miss out on that. We've touched on this briefly in a prior podcast, but we have this discipline that we adhere to around typically three stages for mm-hmm. a company's build out. And it's all product centric, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, catch the data privacy security company, three stages comply, control, secure yep. in that order. That's the build out. It's 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 the narrative, it's the positioning and posture of the company. It defines everything that we do with customers and of course, it it lays out the, the product strategy, yeah. right? Now when we do that, to your point about how features and functions and and logs of tickets and so on aren't enough, you have to establish sort of the post conditions of stage 1, mm-hmm. right? As the preconditions for stage, stage two. 2. So there you have it. The product strategist is seeing that whole sweep, mm-hmm. right? And they're laying it out in a blueprint, ideally defined at the founding of the company. At the founding of the company. And I think this is the one kind of big thing we learned from our own experience building Crux is that uh, we crafted that product strategy while we were sitting at your kitchen table many, many years ago. It really helped us. Right. And I think that's one discipline we're we're actually pretty non-negotiable about uh, in the company build out in the company build outs that we're carrying out at Superset. Now to build a little suspense because we're going to have a special guest come in here in a minute. We, we just had a very serious jam session with him and other members of our team in this company. We're looking at that three stage model, mm-hmm. and there's an element to the third stage where we don't know exactly how we're going to get there, how it plays out. Yeah, we don't know point to point. and that's okay. Yeah, right, because we we have conviction that if we're laying out those initial steps using this organized thinking approach, right? You're going you're gonna to have the sort of flywheel effect where the company as a learning organism is figuring out how to get to those endpoints. That's exactly right. Right? And, yeah. and we're very comfortable and zen-like about it. You can be a little cocky, mm-hmm. right, in stage three. In fact, if you're not being just a little bit grandiose, you're not doing it right. Correct. Yeah, you, by definition, you have to be, you have to be grandiose. And, and by definition, there has to be more uncertainty the further out you're looking on the out on <clears throat> out on the horizon because you have more information about stage one right now right and what you learn in stage one will inform stage two but you still need to make those bets that's right as to where are we going to go and that's what the strategy is all about 100 percent. so 
I said we're going to build a little suspense here and have our product co-founder come on in here. We want to interview our special guest. Elvis is in the building. Give us a second. We're going to reset. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We are back. I told you we were going to take a little break, reset. We had a special guest. Elvis was in the building. We're eager to have him here now with us, Vivek. Yeah, and we have Pankaj Rajan with us, who is um, our co-founder and head of product and engineering at, uh, at Markov ML. Uh, before joining Markov, product, Pankaj was at uh, Amazon in the uh, Alexa group. And before that, he was uh, an ML architect at Walmart. Welcome, Pankaj. Thanks, Vivek and Tom. Thanks for Pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here, Pankaj. Listen, before the break, we were talking about product co-founders. You are our product co-founder at a new company called Markov ML. We're really mm -hmm. excited about it. We were talking about what it takes to be a great product co-founder. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that frequently comes up now in this context is, well, what about industry expertise, right? And you kind of fit a very kind of well-understood model where you come to this undertaking and you have so much experience in this domain. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, how you accumulated that experience and how does it become relevant to what we're building out at Markov? Mm -hmm. The experience uh, started off uh, mostly like because of passion, right? You have to be passionate about something and just do it because you like doing that. So I started doing machine learning, you know, when I was in college, 2002, uh, was fascinated by, you know, a, you know, a robot landing on Mars, like how, uh, an autonomous robot would work, uh, you know, millions of miles away from here. Um, got passionated about uh, image processing in general uh, and spent like almost all my undergrad year learning about maths and machine learning um, in different forms. Like sometimes you don't understand what's happening. It was, you know, way beyond my expertise at that time. But then you have to persevere. You have to learn. Um, you know, and did, did go to some good ML schools learned more about machine learning, ended up in the U.S. Arguably, at a time when machine learning wasn't even necessarily a term of art. Yeah, yeah, machine learning was not a term of art. It, we used to call it like soft computing at that point of time. And, um, you know, you had to just, um, you know, assign a label to it, like what you're doing. Um, and it was artificial neural networks, not deep learning, um, it's, which was kind of, you know, the name just went away. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been, you've been, as we were saying, you've been at Amazon and you've been at Walmart working on complex machine learning problems and products, right? So how is that, how is that role, how are those roles different from what uh, you're doing at, uh, at Markov now? Um, at the high level, uh, big companies like Walmart and, and Amazon, like they are both huge companies um, and there are pros and cons. Um, the thing is that most of the improvements there are incremental improvements, even though they may be looked at as innovations, but they are in incremental improvements. Um, and then the entire focus is, is, is focused on what you can do within the constraints of these big companies, their revenue model, um, their messaging, what they want to accomplish. And even if you fail, there you know it's 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 okay. I mean, you may not get a hike. Um, you may learn something, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a blip. Startup is different because a you really need to have a point of view, the way you want the world to look like, 
right? And and you don't know as, you know, a lot of times you don't know that. You just have a hypothesis and every time you have to go and negate that hypothesis. Now, and every time, and you have to be very deliberate about it, very deliberate about it because it, it kind of hurts your ego that this is the world I want to see, but it's not happening. It's not happening because that's very important. And when you know the because, then you have to go and critique it and see like, how can it evolve into a something you're passionate about but more importantly is it a problem does it solve a problem that your customers will pay for and before they pay do they love it like they won't pay for something that they don't love before you joined us vivek talked about great product leadership as strategy plus empathy mm -hmm. right and so what i hear you getting to is this question of well how do i empathize with the needs of my of my users mm. the people who are, mm. are going to adopt this mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. it's a trap right that I think great techies frequently fall into. Mm -hmm. uh, customers, use yeah, cases, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, who cares? No, 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 that's the good stuff. And you can't really be great at that as a product leader unless you're constantly, in your mind's eye at least, empathizing with the end users of the technology while you're down here at nine decimal points mm -hmm. grappling with an extremely technical issue. Yep, 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 yep. And I think the biggest distinction is also understanding the difference between want and needs. Um, you know, if you go and ask customer what they want, they're going to tell you the moon. And that's good. That's good. By the time you build this moon, they want something new. Right. So you always have to understand what they need. And as a techie, you always fell into this trap of what they want versus what they need. Right. Because there's a, I mean, there's a, there's a subtle difference between the two. Hey, so we're talking a lot about the big companies, Amazon and Walmart. But before Walmart, you were in a startup, right? Or And forgive mm -hmm. me if I get the chronology mm -hmm. not quite right. but Let's talk about the startup because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you've, mm -hmm. you've got scar yep. tissue in all ways. Yep. Talk about that startup experience. What's similar or between that and what you're doing now? What's mm -hmm. different? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So before Walmart, I was in two startups. Um, you know, both were legendary machine learning startups, like constantly coming in top 10 AI companies in the world. And I'm really proud to be there. Um, learned a lot from from some of the amazing mentors and that I got like Gurjeet and uh, Ashutosh. Um, Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're great people. So the experience is, you know, when you join a company as an early employee, the focus is to enable founder's vision, right? You can complement it, but at the end of the day, it's founder's vision. And And you learn a lot, like how people, you know, founders think you know, how to create a business out of a technology problem. So both of these companies were solving really, really hard problems, which are like unsupervised learning and smart homes. Not an easy problem, right. very hard problems, but what does it mean? So how can you bring build technology that solves real problem? So that was my biggest learning uh, at these two places, and especially working close with these people. Walmart was a whole different experience because now you're taking that experience into a big giant company and you're driving change, which is hard. But these experiences helped me to make that change at a Walmart scale. And, you know, the credit goes to my bosses as well, like building that trust and enabling that. But after, you know, having aggregated all this, you know, experience, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right? This is something you just know that you, you want. It's not something, um, you know, somebody tells you and you become an entrepreneur. It's like you inherently, you, you subconsciously want to do something. Mm -hmm. An entrepreneur is not about making money. It's not about being a CEO or, or a CTO or, or any of these titles is about creating something when nothing exists. And I always had that urge. And so I decided to start a company. 
And that's where the learning part comes in. Because when you are in this cocoon, you know, in, in the startups, when you are in, like a lot of things are kind of sorted out. In big companies, even though, you know, they are incre incremental improvements, there's still the safety cushion. You think, okay, you build technology, it will sell. Right. And that was the biggest learning, like going and doing my own startup. It's understanding, hey, this is what I wanted. I wanted to shape the worldview towards the technology. World needs solutions to the problems. So it took me like two, three years to understand. Um, but we built great products. We built great teams. Um, you know, we were able to reach a point where, you know, there was a problem that customers were willing to pay for. But then there's also one thing that you have to realize is, is there a, there's a product market fit and there's a problem founder fit. Mm. I realized the founder product fit was not there. Mm. And the COVID came, which was, okay, this is the time and to take a break mm -hmm. and, you know, plan something new. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that something new, right? Like mm -hmm. we've been we've been working together for uh, for almost a year now. Actually, yeah. it'll be a year uh, in uh, in April. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also before you joined us, we we talked about the process that we used mm -hmm. to kind of collaborate with our mm -hmm. with our co-founders mm -hmm. and how this model of apprenticeship exists. Mm -hmm. we, this idea of a guild that we have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and we we talked about. Uh, some of the frameworks and, and techniques we use over there. Mm -hmm. So we just had recently, like a few weeks ago, we mm -hmm. had a whiteboard session mm -hmm. where uh, we talked about the product strategy and company strategy for uh, for uh, for Markov. Mm -hmm. And there, there were some debates. Right? Mm -hmm. There were some mm -hmm. things that that were not clear to us that mm -hmm. became clear to us. So uh, can you describe how that process was from your perspective? Mm -hmm. uh, what did you What did you learn and and uh, what, how that process kind of has helped you at with mm -hmm. your experience at Superset? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, people who know me, uh, you, you, Tom and Vivek, especially, you know, like I like debates. It's not about proving a point. It's about learning, like why learning about a point of view. And and these debates mostly have been around that. You have to come up with an open mind. Uh, you have to be vulnerable, and you have to be open for critique. But at the same time, you don't have to be afraid of presenting a point of view. That's right. Um, and, and, and you have to be very direct and blunt about it. But it's about the problem. It's about the debate, the topic that we are having. It's not about the person. It's not about anything else. It's not about the strategy. And I think those through those debates, you get clarity of thought. The clarity of thought is very important. That's right. And the alignment is also very important. Like how you align with, with, with the overall vision. So sometimes, you know, and always uh, say this thing, right? You know, destination can be same, but the paths can be different. And we have to make sure even the path that we take is kind of aligned because otherwise, you know, we won't reach the destination. So as a company, as a team, as a group of co-founders, it's very important that we communicate the same message. And those debate sessions, those discussions, those whiteboardings are bringing about that, con not consensus, but kind of clarity of vision. And we learn from each other, right? That's right. Like, you know, I always like, you know, when we go into nitty gritty, like Vivek and I are talking about the architecture, Tom kind of says, okay, okay, I got it. Now, this is the big picture, right? It kind of condenses the entire message about what is the message that we want to, you know, tell to the customers for the company, which is okay, which, which makes me think. And then, you know, take a step back and, you know, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, and I see you, Pankaj, as somebody with sort of calm, steely resolve when you have your point of view. You put a stake in the ground and you don't roll over easy. 
which is great, right? Because he's a fiery personality. I have some opinions. As you're pointing out, the good stuff happens when we're chopping it up, debating it, fire testing it. No one's getting uh, defensive or worried about whether or not they're, they matter or not. The, we want to get to not the truth because we're engineers. Engineers don't care about truth, but we want to get to something that works, yeah. right? That's true. And, so, and it's the playing it backwards and forwards and testing all of those assumptions, seeing where they take us, rolling it back, revising our initial conditions. That's, that's where the, the hardcore work in product, and it's not just product strategy, but product blueprinting, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of that session, we really do have, I mean, in some of the earlier stages, right? It's probably a little more hand wavy. Yeah. Like yeah. We're, we're intuiting yeah. some things, but we're not quite sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've hung at least three or four mm -hmm. extra decimal yeah. points yeah. off that thing after the yeah. end of that session. Yeah, absolutely. So just continuing in that vein and, and perhaps exploring a certain slightly different aspect of uh, working in the Superset Hive mm -hmm. uh, as a co-founder with us, what were you most surprised about when you came to Superset? I think I wasn't too surprised because we had a lot of conversations, like a lot of conversations with Vivek uh, and Tom. It was not like... Um, we dated for a long while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was not like, it, it, you know, the, from the point we started having a conversation, from the point I joined, uh, you know, there were several conversations. I knew that I'm getting into a place where um, I would, A, get the right mentorship, B, I'll get to work with people who really believe in what they say, which is very important. Um, for me, like, two things matter the most. One is trust. And the second part is, is openness. Um, and these two things, you know, were there in Superset. Like, we were open about what we are doing, what we want to accomplish, and uh, where we want, we want to get. And we are also open about, uh, you know, hey, it's not about what we intend to do. It's not about execution. It's about building. There's a difference between execution and building or creation. Um, you know, creation is, is the, you know, it's a preprocessor of, of execution. And that's the creation part is where, you know, a lot of companies fail because they're unable to have a consensus on what to create. Right. Um, I think that's where you need the partners and that's what I got at Superset. Listen, we also talked before you joined us about what we need from the journey mm -hmm. and, and it's learning mm -hmm. in all ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's, there's a kind mm -hmm. of mentorship by doing, mm -hmm. right? but it's also important to us that you're teaching us mm -hmm. every day of the week. In fact, I'm thinking back to that session, there was a thing with Monte Carlo algorithms from 20 years ago and probably probabilistically approximately correct techniques yeah. that I was fascinated by. Oh, wow. You turf it up. I, I didn't know that people are, are doing that now in the realm of what we call data vitals. Yep. One example among thousands right, yep, of yep, where yep, you're showing yep. up, not just with a strong point yep. of view, but with an awful lot of industry context and knowledge mm -hmm. that is immediately relevant mm -hmm. to the build out. So it's, it's, that's the good stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, <clears throat> just to kind of put this in the context of the broader superset model, like for me personally, across, like if, you, if I look at five or six companies at superset, they're all using different tech stacks right. for their own very good reasons, right? And so for me, it's a fascinating, magnificent learning opportunity. Like, why do you make these decisions? And why are you doing this versus that? Well, well we used to do things this way, but look, this much has changed. So it's, it's been great learning from all of our uh, portfolio companies, That's right. for, me, for me personally as well. Hey, we've talked about trust and, and openness. So this is, a, this is a place of trust right here, right now. I got to ask you, 
who do you like more <laughs> between me and Vivek? And by the way, before you answer, just know like it's a very career limiting thing. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. to give the wrong answer, but who do you like more? Yeah, yeah. It depends. Like oh. what 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 I want at that moment. I'm I'm actually very very impressed <laughs> that you waited so long to ans- ask this question. I am a, I am a paragon of, of self regulation. Yeah. yeah, well yeah. done, Tom. Well done. I'm You're so welcome. proud of you. I don't know how. I yeah, so proud yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends. It depends on like what I need to get done, and it's like you know so he's a politician. Yeah, but you know, oh. great product also requires great persuasion and communication. Did mm. you see how he just did that, ladies yeah. and gentlemen? <laughs> he just straddled that line so perfectly. That's right, and he made it about about us, right? Like, oh, we started giving That's each right. other all, right. all sorts of grief about why didn't you ask the question before and whatnot. <laughs> well done, Pankaj. Well done. Yeah. All well. Right. Listen, as we wrap it up here, let's. Uh, it's really terrific to have you with us. Thank you, mm-hmm. Pankaj, yeah, thank for you. coming and, and sharing your perspective. We've said mentorship is a two-way street, and that's mm-hmm. a biggie for us. Mm-hmm. We're learning, you're learning, we're locking arms. By the way, when you talked about the prior experience and now, your fingerprints are all over this thing. Mm-hmm. It's not us coming up with something, bringing tablets down mm-hmm. a mountain, and you're, no, 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 this thing that we're building is, is your thing, mm-hmm. right? That's important to the overall approach. And I think as, you know, as we roll forward, I, what I'm also excited about here in this conversation today, it's, we've said people, product, customers in that order, people first. Yeah, absolutely right. people first. And, and just to kind of add to what you were saying about mentorship being a two-way street, we also, Tom, you and I have, have learned along the way to uh, give space. And, and to Pankaj's point, like he, he felt strongly that his, his startup the vi- establishing the vision was very important to him. Mm. So he's had a huge role to play That's right. in, in defining the vision for what we're doing at, uh, at Markov. Yep. Well, and let's also, don't get a big head, Pankaj, but Pankaj is also kind of creating the gold standard now. That's right. At Superset. For Setting what, the bar great, high. <laughs> great, yeah, it's a very high bar, so thank you for that. Listen, um, really great to have you with us and, and to have this conversation about product and people and how we make it work together at Superset. So That's right. So thank you, Pankaj. I'm glad to be here. Thanks to all of you listening. We hope to see you soon in the next episode. All right. Have a good one. Be well. <laughs>